0: Spectral Evidence, Episode 3, Dead Air
1: My turn, right? Need It's a comfy chair, at least. Am I being recorded? Like, on camera. I mean, I don't see any cameras or anything. Other? Hello? Damn. Never mind. (laughs) She really wasn't kidding. This room is soundproof. Or they're just ignoring me. (laughs) Whatever. I'm going to sit crisscross since they can't get me for putting my shoes all on the fancy furniture. That's what they get for making me sit all alone. Hold on. Hold on, guys. I'm going to say something funny and see if they get mad. (coughs) Crap! Balls? Northern? All right. Guess I really don't care. I can say as many curses as I want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding by the way. Uh, I don't actually know who's listening back to this so I'm going to keep that to like a minimum I guess. At least as much as I want to. Oh oh wait hold on. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. I have like a list of stuff I'm supposed to get to and I've totally missed it. Um, Hi my name's Kit Bailey Uh, Some people used to call me Catherine, I don't really hate it, Uh, it's just, you know, not my name. I mean, it's not my dead name either, wouldn't tell you that, obviously, it's just not mine anymore. I don't really do verbal storytelling, I mean, I'm not really smart enough for all that processing and deciding what to say in real time. I'm good at talking informally, but not like, like in a business setting, you know? I'm not good at um, articulating my thoughts the way People want me to. I'm, I'm kind of... crass, is that the word? <laughs> Don't be using that right. <laughs> anyway, um, Birdie said she left you off after I got kicked out of Vows, so I think that leaves us, uh... Right. Stormed out, called Molly, asked him to let me hang out at his place and, uh, cried while I waited. I always thought I was being sneaky when I cried. I was not. <laughs> He asked me what was up when he rolled up to me on the curb. I mean, I said it was nothing and... Well, he didn't push me on it. You think Silas will be fine with it?
2: Of course, dude. You got nothing to worry about. This is one of my oldest buddies and I brought in Friday more than a few times on the premises of babysitting business. Speaking of... You got all your stuff, right, kiddo?
3: Yes! I brought a bag of Jolly Ranchers for bargaining. Last week, she gave me a whole pack of taffy for five!
2: Do You think she'll have anything worth your time and candy this time? I trust her judgment. Your call.
1: Jesus, it's not getting any warmer, is it?
2: Nah, you know how autumn months are. I think we need to savor the last of the non-windy days before it goes to cloudy
1: hell. Oh, I just hate cold weather. makes my skin all weird. I knew way better in the summer months.
2: Yeah, but at least you're not burning up. Nothing worse than peeling skin. Crap. Indubitably. Hey, dudes. Weird. Guess it's just me on shift today.
4: Not just you, man. Sorry. I've been chilling out in the back with some headphones in. Really slow day today. No pre orders or anything.
2: Ah, oh, really? I thought we were getting some shipments in.
4: Nah, that's tomorrow. Who'd you bring?
2: Oh, I totally forgot. You've met him. Silas, this is Finn's kid, Kit.
4: Finn still's a kid? Still. Nah, nah, it's just... I thought he
1: dropped him off with May. He, he did. I'm right here.
4: Sorry, just surprise. I knew you when you were a baby.
1: Ugh, seems like everybody did.
4: Well, I was one of the first. I was friends with your dad and this knucklehead over here, since junior high.
1: Wait, really? do thought Molly would see anyone in knew for that long.
4: You seriously don't talk about our high school band? Our pride and joy?
1: You were in a band? Yeah, once. It's kinda lame.
2: We were one-hit
4: wonders!
2: One hit? None of our songs were popular.
4: Yeah, but remember, like, that other band ripped us off for the melody of our self-titled and got mad props for it.
2: Oh man, that was the grodiest group I've ever met in person, and I am no exclusionist.
4: Cannot be crust punk if you're conservative. And they were all crust. And their music sucked. Ugh. Whatever. You're not playing with any other bassists, right? It'd be a shame if I got replaced by some bomber jackets and docks.
2: I just might. You're lucky that I'd get a paycheck when I'm around you, cause I wouldn't be here otherwise. You test my sanity.
4: There's no shame in being the best drummer in Worm Harbor, or friends with me.
2: I'm only the best, cause I'm the only one. There'd be more if our music didn't suck so hard in high school. Curse the whole town to be the polar opposite of musically inclined.
4: Nah, Friday's got some talent. If you gave her a xylophone, I think she'd come up with something sweet. You play anything, Kit?
1: Nah, <laughs> played sax for a couple years though. Eh?
4: The school paid for that?
1: Yeah, they won a grant a while back for a couple grand, and you know, split on some new equipment. Guess who
4: wrote the essay? You?
1: Yep you know how easily you get caught up in telling little white lies? I remember once in elementary, kid was talking to me about this water park down the coast and you know, he'd ask if I've ever been. I mean, I'd never even left the town, but I was like, yeah, of course I've been. Yes, my favourite ride, I always said, oh, they're all so cool. Whatever, can't even choose. It's so meaningless. There would have been no harm done if I would have just been like, nah, never been. But I was so scared of this imaginary rejection that I'd lie about everything know just in case like someone was gonna think less of me if I didn't have what they did I feel like once you pick that pattern of behavior up it gets really hard to put down then you know even more difficult to recognize as a pattern like when you steal something little from a big store and you go oh that wasn't so bad didn't hurt anyone and they didn't even notice I saved maybe 50 cents just you know pocketing the thing then you know next thing you know you're Getting called into the back by some lads in loss prevention for nabbing a bunch of necklaces and stuffing them in your bag. You don't even notice it's gotten that bad. You know? Until you're in the thick of it all and you go, wow, i really messed up. What's that one thing called? The, uh, character trope thing? About the person telling the story. Hold on. Uh, I know it, I swear. Um. Oh! Unreliable narrator. Right, that's me. I go a little sideways every time I tell a story uh, I think it's because I'm so caught up in the details I'm, I'm really good with the details but you know I'm not so good at following a cohesive story I love making connections and recognizing real-life parallels after the fact but it's kind of hard to do that and keep your story straight while you tell it but that means you get to hear all the fun metaphors and junk from me or I could just make myself sound cooler than I am <laughs> hmm. nah, uh, I'll cut the shit for a second I mean just between you and me I'm not gonna try to lie to you, for serious. Uh, I know everybody else expects me to. So, honestly, I don't know why they let me in here to say something in the first place. Uh, I think it's something I picked up on once on purpose to embellish the stories I was writing or, you know. I I survived by lying. Uh, It was a really easy way to get by if I pretended everything was a lot better than it was, or that was a lot cooler. (laughs)
4: Crazy. They scolded me after fundraising for new equipment because there wasn't enough to go around.
1: Yeah, well, we've got way less strict principle now. Our board's nuts. I don't play anymore anyway. I'm never any good at reeds and saxes are real expensive to repair, so I dropped it. I gotta pick up percussion sometime.
4: Man, I kinda miss playing in a band. Tell you what, if you and your buds ever make one, I'll put you on the air. (laughs) how? Does nobody listen to the radio anymore? Our local station, dude.
1: We have a station? Oh! Oh, that's why you sounded familiar. Have I not connect the names of Valentino and Valentine? Uh, My friend Jules tunes into all the local stations, you know, hoping to hear some secret broadcasts every once in a while. I think he's mentioned you once or twice.
4: I'm the one and only. Honestly though, using Valentine as a name on the radio was a joke that goes pretty far back. I always told Molly and your dad I'd leave the band first and go Platinum on my own.
2: And now look at you, an on-air personality that nobody but old geezers listen to.
4: Everybody loves me!
2: Yeah, maybe the college students on the way through town who were too tired to change the station. I love you!
4: Aw, thank you kiddo. See? And about those college students, at least they call in. The engagement has been really great lately. Last week, there was this slew of calls from some really interesting dudes who said that they were going to be stopping by the next town over on the way here. They sent me this flyer to hang up for a circus they said's visiting in the next month.
3: A circus?
4: Yeah, well, I guess it's specifically a circ. They kept correcting me on it. The people running it sounds super sweet. I think their act came around town when I was a kid, but I never remember the names of them anyways. You know, last Tuesday, I think, I took a call from a ringleader of the whole deal. Called herself Indigo Lovejoy. How sweet of a name is that? And she was seriously the most fun call I've taken in a hot minute. You mind if we head over to the back for a bit? I've got some cleaning up to do and my phone's sitting on the chair. There's a recording of it in there somewhere, I'm sure.
2: Anything to catch a break from all this work
4: I've been doing. (sighs) Pfft. We've got a busy day tomorrow anyway. Besides, it's a special occasion.
1: What special occasion?
4: You're the occasion, punk. I'm like, basically your aunt.
1: I hate my aunt.
4: Yeah, well, I'm cooler than her. Probably.
1: Woohoo! Secret
2: room! You put extra chairs in here! sick
4: yeah i missed having a hangout space in the last job i had let me grab the recording hold on
2: you got a candy jar
4: actually molly got it for you i just put a couple fruit snacks in there
2: just for you dude so you can have some with you without it falling out of your pockets yeah this one's got a hole in it we can get you a new pair of overalls next weekend on our trip down the coast
3: to put new patches on it, and I don't have any patches.
2: I can help you get the patches off so you can iron them back on. Good as new. I've done that with a couple jean jackets back in the day.
4: Okay, sweet. Here, listen to this. This was that Lady Lovejoy. The topic of discussion for the night was way more lax than usual. It was a super long night, and I didn't mind a couple potheads coming on and taking over, so I tossed out the whole meaning of life question. I got some half-hearted and really depressing answers. A couple expected hecklers that I had some fun toying with around for a while. She was my favorite though. Because she was dead serious the whole time. Listen.
3: Okay. Okay. So, imagine you're a fish.
4: Right.
3: No, no, wait. (laughs) Imagine you're a butterfly, okay? You're a little butterfly.
4: Alright, I'm a butterfly.
3: You're a butterfly, you have pretty little wings, and pretty little antennae, and you're freshly out of the cocoon. You wobble out into the open air, and you're so excited because the only life you've ever known is eating these silly bugs and maybe some milkweed.
4: What color wings do I have? I can have purple ones, right?
3: Of course! What awful imaginary world would this be if you couldn't be purple? Preposterous.
4: I'd be livid.
3: As would I. You're a purple butterfly, a beautiful one, and you've just been introduced to the great wide world through the ever-shifting violet lenses of adulthood and individuality. But you are also deep in the thick of this fantastic butterfly grove.
4: I've got friends?
3: Yes. Many friends, of all different shapes, sizes, and what have you! You think a butterfly knows its purpose?
4: Probably not.
3: It wouldn't! Unless butterflies somehow have a previously unforeseen sense of intuition or a keen mind, I doubt it would even bother trying to think about it. But, I think that even if you, this butterfly, cared about the meaning of life enough to contemplate it in this sunny forest glade, it would not make a difference.
4: So your deal is... Ignorant Bliss?
3: Oh, no! Absolutely not! I am an advocate for the advancement of science and philosophy and all of that. I just think that worrying all our little heads off about the meaning of life forever and ever eventually distracts us from appreciating and enjoying our own symbolic patch of sunlight.
4: Optimistic Nihilism.
3: I... SUPPOSE? But, nihilism at its core means that life is meaningless. If we could get back to that lovely butterfly analogy I started.
4: Feel free to go on.
3: I think that there is plenty of meaning to be found. Whether we... whether we make it or whether we find it, it doesn't really matter. There's meaning somewhere in there. But if you're a butterfly, there might be things like cats and dogs lurking in the forest. Even if some of those cats or dogs had wisdom to the spell, even if you could understand what they said to you, or if they wanted to share their knowledge of the forest with you, some of them might be hungry and mean or frightening to a small butterfly, who had just begun to comprehend the idea that it's not sheltered forever. I don't think ignorance is bliss, but I do think there is bliss to be found in enjoying with what you have, rather than searching for something that might terrify you.
4: Right. Now you're making me sad I'm not a butterfly.
1: You've got a whole segment all to yourself.
4: Can't be the only one running it all, it sounds like a lot of crap to do. Nah, we've got a whole team of guys running it. I just like to joke that I'm doing everything behind the scenes. I'm our station manager and general manager of this shop. And then we've got a bunch of volunteers and paid positions alike. You know, If you ever need a spot, we're always happy to open up new positions, and I'd be more than happy to oversee an internship. Any friend of Molly's is a friend of mine.
1: That sounds kind of sweet.
4: I'll think about it. He's
2: got high school to finish up first.
1: Yeah, uh, about that. Yeah, I'll tell you later.
4: But see what I mean? That Indigo was so entertaining. Like, I'm kind of excited to see her in person. Oh, I. you know what i meant to ask are you gonna take friday to the circ i ordered some tickets off the number of the flyers if you need some extras i was gonna offer some to the rest of the radio crew but if you need a hand i've got plenty
2: ah secret's out i have a plan to take you on one of the
1: saturdays kiddo really you mean it you guys have fun i suck at sitting still and watching
4: you're doing it right now is there something on your mind
1: it's a long story
4: Kid, That's your name, right? Yep. Take some tickets on me. Bring a friend. You'll have a hell of a time. And they're pretty cheap, too. You sure? Yeah, man. And hey, if you still don't feel like using them, just give me a call. I'll take them back if you really aren't interested, but you should have the chance to try.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
4: Don't sweat it.
1: Man, it's comfy back here. Doesn't seem too bad managing a store if all you gotta do is check up on customers once in a
4: while. Ugh, <sighs> I wish. Most of my job is research, keeping up on supply and demand. I'm like a music librarian, sorta. I took over for a family that used to own the shop for something like, what, four decades? With this and the station, I've got two full-time jobs that demand a lot of focus and rigor. But it's worth it to pay everybody fair wages.
1: Did you go to college for business.
4: Nope. I've been working under this family for something like 20 years.
1: Wow. That's old.
4: God, don't remind me. But yeah, no, I've been working real hard at this for crazy long. I love that family, but they're getting a little too old to work as hard as they have, and their kids are all splitting off to do different stuff. (laughs) I'm honored.
2: Ah, baby Valentine's all grown up
4: shut up you were a freshman when we met
2: yeah and you
1: guys have been friends for that long (laughs) unfortunately i mean how i've always had adults give me the whole like oh you're gonna drift apart eventually you're gonna be different people or whatever
2: Uh, i mean we are crazy different from when we were young but that didn't make us grow apart you know just gave us joint pain
4: probably the closeness location wise
2: not really. I mean, we haven't talked regularly in, in years, man. We just, we just started catching up.
4: I don't think friendships drifting because of age or priorities or whatever are as painful as everybody makes them out to be. Personally, I've always been really fond of the times I've seen an old friend and gotten to tell them all about what my, my life's been like. Some of my favorite memories come from real simple shit, sharing a coffee with a teacher I missed, or having a drink with a high school buddy.
2: Yeah, no, and it's just the attitude you have about it. If you go into it thinking, like, this is going to suck and it's going to hurt forever, it, it's gonna suck. And that's not to make it sound like it's so easy to switch gears on that whole mentality. It's just healthier.
1: I guess. Man. Do you have time for that long story?
4: My job is long stories, dude. I'm all ears. Thanks. It's just,
1: like, uh, some... Really crazy shit went down earlier. You fallen out with Birdie again? Sort of. Yeah. We always are.
4: And Birdie's your... Friend. Obviously. No, no, I figured. What's it over?
1: Sounds kind of stupid. Man, most fights
2: in high school end up being kind of stupid. Mine, mine were. But you're still justified in being upset about it. We're all ears. Look, you can't make fun of
1: me, all right? You've got to take me seriously. Scout's honor.
4: Aye, aye.
1: Uh, so... We visited this one lady's house. Uh, Valerie Teak. She's married to our principal.
4: Oh, I love her. She pops in sometimes to pick up a tape of sea shanties or two for her April.
1: <laughs>
2: sorry, sorry. I'm not poking fun. I I love being a good shanty.
1: Right. We were at her place. Some, some really, uh really inexplicable stuff happened a few days ago. Yeah? Yeah, like like ghost level inexplicable. Oh, dude, that rocks.
2: That was the night Friday was over, right? She told me it was like a big storm. Yeah, sort of. Uh,
1: Birdie got struck by lightning.
4: Oh, Christ. She okay?
1: I mean, she's totally fine. That's why it's weird. Damn, that's so cool. Right? We went to Val's house to find out if she had any answers. She gave me a bunch of existential crap to chew on, and then told me what I already thought I knew about magic. It exists. It exists. Knew it. What?
2: Not like not seriously,
1: but she's pretty smart. If she says it exists, who am I to say
2: it doesn't? I'm not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed.
1: It's just there's more. God, this is stupid. Look, I asked her if, if I was magic, right? She said yes. Dude, sweet. No, but she said it's bad. I should get rid of it as soon as possible before it starts to show up.
4: Ah, damn. You got bad juju?
1: I guess. But it's only me. She's saying all this stuff about teaching Birdie and giving her all this knowledge, and then she just told me to leave.
4: Really? That's weird. That doesn't sound like Val.
2: Mm, sorry, dude. She's probably just looking out for you. But I try not to play with spirits. I bet if you went back
1: and asked, she would she would explain. No, but I don't want to. Birdie's mad at me for screwing everything up again. I bet they don't even want me back there at all. But they hate me. Birdie
2: doesn't hate you, man. You've both gone through some tough shit. Really tough shit. It, it's gonna be weird for a while. But you've been friends for way, way
1: longer than that. You can totally talk it out with her when you feel like it. God, I'm tired of talking it out. Everybody always ends up telling me I'm wrong and that I'm the one who needs to fix something, but, but it's always the same stuff I already thought I fixed.
2: Hey, don't rush yourself. You got plenty of time to figure stuff out.
1: Molly was always just that sort of dude. He watched whatever worries came to him and he let them all wash over his head, avoiding strain against the push and pull of daily life by swaying with it instead. I always sort of admired how little he cared about the things that really troubled him. I always wished I was that way carefree and passive and determined instead of one fiery ball of mangled interest and aspirations and, and hatred. But it was never that simple. Just made me pissed at knowing I wasn't like him.
0: Ugh. Hmm.
4: I've got to be real careful with what I'm about to say here. How do I phrase this? Do you like your dad, Kit?
1: Do I like him?
4: Are you guys on speaking terms or good terms in general? I'm not going to badmouth your parents if you're not cool with it.
1: He's fine. He's just distant. He hasn't been around since I was a baby. I, I mean, I don't know much.
4: F- figures. Your dad was never one for long-term commitments.
1: Well, yeah. Not super easy
2: to combat that.
4: Finn's, uh... Always been sort of flighty. When we first started playing back in high school, he was our singer. Wasn't bad with a guitar, too, and he was just way more outgoing than either of us, if you can believe it. And we needed someone with confidence that could, you know, like lead us into a very competitive world of music making.
2: Outgoing is really a polite way of saying aimlessly headstrong and stubborn to be totally honest
4: yeah pretty much molly and i have always been buds even before we knew finn you know our parents were friends and all that still are for all i know but your mom was finn's high school sweetheart and they were never apart ever it was overwhelmingly clear where his priorities laid He'd skip practice to go hang out with May. He'd take a chunk out of the rent to go out with May.
2: He'd steal money from the group to go buy something for May. (sighs)
4: The list goes on and on, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Even into the years where we ditched high school early and headed off into the great unknown, he had this dwindling interest in the gigs that kept us afloat.
1: So, why'd he do all that for her? My mom made it sound like he hated her.
4: He did, man. He wasn't ever doing it because he liked her.
2: He was doing it because he hated me. Why? What'd you do? Nothing, for all I know. Your father, Finn, is never the kind of guy to settle grudges. I tried pretty hard to set stuff straight with him, but I I didn't exactly understand what he was really mad at me about.
4: I mean, we tried to get an answer out of him, but... No dice.
2: It was so weird, he always just needed someone to be pissed at, even if we'd done nothing wrong, had a, s- a shit home life, dude, and no therapy, sprinkle in some super, super fragile masculinity, and even got the recipe for a really insecure and angry guy, go figure.
4: I mean, he wasn't outwardly insecure.
2: It's alright. The dude's a prick.
4: It didn't recover even years later when we returned back here and did our best to make amends financially. We were all barely getting by, scraping up pocket change. We only split because, you know, we physically couldn't do it anymore. We've, I mean, Molly and I at least, we've all tried our best to make new lives for ourselves just sucks that everything we were gonna do all our inspirations later on in high school and all our college applications whatever all got thrown away for a dude who was so desperate for fame and leadership that he didn't even think about the rest of us your dad's not a bad dude man I don't want to make it sound like that he's just
2: nah he's just a bad dude we've talked about this before he's just not that big on commitment never has been and I, I don't expect that to change anytime soon right
4: I don't think he's changed either. Not if he hasn't come back to say something.
1: He might. You think so? Maybe. I don't know. He's not a kid anymore. He's different. He's, uh, he's changed. I mean,
2: has he really? It's okay if he sucks. It, it doesn't reflect anything onto any of us, and it definitely doesn't change the way I think about you, Kit. Yes, it does. I
1: know it does. It's just... it's complicated. He's had time to grow, isn't it good that he's been taking time for himself?
4: He's...
1: He's reached out
2: to us before, we've declined him. Sometimes dudes are just a a little
1: too far gone.
2: I've reserved my right as a friend to keep my distance, but he's your
1: family. You can do whatever feels right for you. It doesn't feel right that none of you forgive him for something he did such a long time ago. What if he regrets it? If he regrets it, well, I,
2: I I really hope he's changed for other people. Not for himself. I wish him the best. And if you want to reconnect with him, I really hope you dudes have a really, really good relationship in the future. You deserve that, kid. It's just. It's personal. I've given him a lot of chances, and I am.
1: I'm not ready to forgive him.
4: I feel pretty similarly.
1: But. I just. Ugh. Fine. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You can hate him all you want. I'm leaving (sighs) i feel like i'm doing a journal entry but like in a different format you know dear diary all that stuff except it's more like dear diary once upon a time i was literally the worst person ever and nobody liked me because of it (laughs) really sucks to remember how defensive i got over silas and molly speaking ill about a dude who didn't care for me wasn't even that i cared about him it was just a long overdue realisation that I was way more like my dad than I thought. I thought I was defying my parents and peers by leaving my high school days behind and carving my own path but I think realising I'd been walking the same trail they did down to the relationships they had really stung. Still does. It's every teenager's worst nightmare to realise they're turning into their parents and even worse that their parents were the most hated people ever by everyone who knew them because they sucked maybe i did care about him then maybe it just really sucked to know that all his friends had lost the faith couldn't even believe he could change i just knew that it hit way too close to home i hate talking about this stuff i hate admitting i was even wrong even now after everything i think one of the hardest things for me to say is i was totally and completely wrong you know because it felt right to me I think there was and still is some truth to me saying that everybody was destined to hate me it was just that I was missing the last piece I didn't realize that everybody hated me because I was so convinced that no one would ever love me so I never even let them like me it was this like cycle where I was so sure everyone would disapprove of me that I'd lash out Scared and angry of everyone who ever showed mild interest towards me. It was like fighting fire with fire, except I was throwing canisters of oil of flame onto nasty, unlit matches. Hardest thing for me to come to terms with, I mean, still is, is, I guess, that everyone I knew really genuinely liked me at some point. that they were my friends for a reason. I mean, especially Birdie. Nobody could put up with my shit for that long without liking me, right? But I made it really hard to like me. Presenting these never-ending series of emotional tasks and wordlessly instructing everyone around me to complete them. And for what? I guess to prove their devotion to me as a friend and as a companion. And sometimes they couldn't. didn't mean they didn't like me. I just couldn't stop putting up hurdles and then... When people tripped and fell i called them disloyal and said i was unloved i mean nobody asked to run my races i gave no warnings and offered no breaks just told them to keep running the worst part was never realizing that birdie had been hopping over every obstacle since the day we met without skipping a beat or dropping the ball not even once did she complain i mean though she called it quits but not even then it was a whole it's not you, it's me, you don't feel bad sort of crap. I thought people never really spoke out loud. God. Nobody deserved what I gave them. But this isn't really about me, I guess. <laughs> Man, did I leave off? I've got to remember. Um, I stormed out again. Didn't even put up a fuss this time, just stood up and walked out. Angry and grabbing my bag. It was the thing that anchored me, so took it everywhere I went didn't trust anyone with it. It was just me and my boat on the open sea of life or something. Whatever. I don't know why, but I dialed Birdie's number. just seemed like the right thing to do. What I didn't have was (laughs) the right thing to say. Hello?
3: Kit? Kit, jeez, you didn't even go back to the house. I've been asking everybody where you went. Yeah.
1: I'm fine. I'm...
3: Glad you're okay. Yeah. That was... Kit, that was really rude. She's upset now. She thinks she hurt you.
1: Yeah, well, she did.
3: She was only trying to help. Well,
1: I didn't need her help! Well then, just don't
3: be rude to her. You can do whatever you want.
1: Sorry I embarrassed you. You didn't
3: embarrass me. You just... Maybe a little. It's
1: whatever. I'm coming back to your place.
3: Oh, good. Somebody needs to watch Jules. I'm out tonight.
1: Doing what? A
3: party, I guess.
1: Okay. You don't ever go to parties.
3: It's not exciting or anything.
1: No, it's fine. I'll watch Jules. I don't think Molly wants me here. What? What did you do? Nothing yet. <sighs> this sucks. Hiya. Hi. What's up? Nothing. Uh, It's nothing you need to worry about. Whatever you do, dude. Don't be like me, (laughs) because then everybody's always super disappointed in you. I'm not disappointed in you. Yeah, well, you should be. No, I'm just worried about you. Look, I told you, kiddo. You don't need to do that. Everyone's always worried about me for something. Well, yeah, they're just trying to help. Look, it doesn't help. It just makes it all suck more. I mean, I don't need people pitying me. I don't need to be pitied.
3: I don't think Birdie pities you. She just wants to see you do okay
1: she wanted to see me okay, we would still be together. And wouldn't be fighting all the time.
3: You know that's not true. It's not better for either of you if she pretends to like you like that.
1: Whatever. I'm done calling her. Let's just go inside.
0: Hi, I'm Calliope Monroe, creator of Spectral Evidence, an Astro Podcasting Network production. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and rate and review it wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on our website at spectralevidence.card.co or on social media. We're spec evi underscore pod on Twitter and spectral evidence pod on Tumblr. You can also find us on Patreon at Mix Eli Ramos. That's M-X-E-L-I-R-A-M-O-S. You can support Aster Podcasting Network at different tiers and get rewards like early access to episodes, annotated scripts, commentaries, behind-the-scenes posts, art, and even merch. That's not just for Spectral Evidence, but all the shows on the network. The money you give directly goes to supporting our editor, showrunners, and actors who make these shows possible. Please support us if you have the means. Any amount helps. Audio editing done by Eli Ramos. Script editing done by Anigo Shivani. Our voice talents are as follows. Romeo Giovanni as Kip Bailey, Inigo Sharwani as Molly Wingfield, Brianna Aplin as Friday Dow, BlackRock as Silas Valentino, Vin Vox as Indigo Lovejoy, and Georgia Head as Bertie Aylesworth. Attributions for sound and music used can be found in the show notes. Thanks to Ezra Lee Buck and Audrey Pham, the $20 patrons on our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and you might as well stick around for the next episode if you've gotten this far. So, bye-bye! <laughs>